Welcome to episode 93 of Epic Briefs Podcast, the official kickoff of our DragonCon 2017 coverage. For this episode, we welcome Brian Richardson, who is the director of videography and producer of the hilarious DragonCon TV. Be sure to check out our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages for further coverage and announcements. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the episode. of Everybody's Podcast. And uh, with us, we have Brian Richardson. Thank you for taking time out, Brian, for chilling with us on a Friday night. We appreciate yes, it. it's Friday night, and we party like we talk into microphones <laughs> plugged into computers. Exactly. exactly. That party stops frequently. My uh, webcam is plugged out, though, so hey, you know, it's not that kind Ooh. of party, I guess. No, that's the uh, that's the premium content, right? Yeah, exactly. So you guys are like, making the real money? Yeah, see, like, I, see he, he knows his stuff, man. Mm-hmm. He knows his stuff, see? Um, so Brian is director of videography and producer of DragonCon TV, right? At DragonCon? That that is correct. Okay, sweet. So where are you from originally, Brian? Uh, I was born in Danville, Virginia, grew up in Goldsboro, North Carolina, uh, went to high school in Durham, North Carolina. Um, cause of course the guy who's going to run video at a, at a sci-fi con would have gone to a nerd magnet school in North Carolina. (laughs) So I graduated from North Carolina school of science and math. Uh, our mascot was the unicorn. Are you serious? I am serious. That's the pretty, unicorn. That's pretty awesome. It's a, it was awesome because we, we didn't have a football team because um, it was well, a science and math magnet school. But we had a basketball team and nice. uh, we would make don't play leapfrog with unicorn banners uh, for homecoming <laughs> and would put the other team's colors on the player that was jumping over the unicorn. That's um, hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, went to college at Clemson. Unlike most people that went to Clemson for six years, I got two degrees. Oh, did uh, you? And then I moved to uh, <laughs> Atlanta in 96 uh, to work for a tech company and been here ever since. Awesome. What would you get your degree then? Electrical engineering. Okay, cool. What made you go for that? Just kind of. Uh, I started out um, pretty much all through, like when I was 10, I got a Commodore 64. And I was just like, okay, computers, computers, computers. And oh, then sweet. somewhere... My senior year, I took physics, and I'm like, robots, robots, robots. <laughs> and so when I got to Clemson, I sort of didn't decide between mechanical electrical engineering, and I okay. thought I was going to do like a double major, and I made my advisor eye roll. And then after the first <laughs> year, I realized why, because it was really hard. Right. I think like two of the hardest majors at Clemson was like, let's put them together. And then after I did a co-op, I did a summer job at a place that made food manufacturing oh, okay. uh, equipment. And I was like, I don't like the gear so much, but I like the sparks. So I went into double E and I <laughs> played drums since I was in junior high. So I was like, Hey, recording technology, I'll do communications. Dude, you're like and, doing all the cool stuff. That's crazy. Yeah. And then I got into speech recognition and then there's a whole William Shatner story there. But basically I, I realized that speech recognition in the nineties sucked <laughs> so i stopped doing that and uh, I, I write firmware like i do like really low level code stuff that sounds uh, really on hard, systems though. so it's i'm deep in the weeds man all right wait a minute you gotta go back i got when you have a william shatner story you can't gloss over that <laughs> okay 
This is and this is like not this is a William Shatner story that did not happen at Dragon Con. Okay, sweet. Oh, nice. Okay, so this gets into the what kind of nerd starts a TV station at a science fiction convention story. So I my my day job is I work on firmware for computers. Uh, it used to be that I wrote the code and now I work on like the standards and telling people why it's important and uh, grimacing every time a black hat presentation comes out because it's probably going to have something I work on in it. Yay! And <laughs> oh, no. um, so when I started out doing speech recognition, um, and this was like 94 to 96, the, oh. the state of the art at that point was the Sound Blaster 16. So if you don't know what that is... <laughs> Can you tell us about uh, that? It, oh, God. So back <laughs> back in my day, computers yeah. just used to beep. Uh, it, you didn't have sound. The sound wasn't... In, like the headphone jack on your computer didn't come with your computer. You bought your computer, and then you oh. got a separate card to play sounds. Oh, wow. Okay. And it was, a, it was a peripheral. Okay. And it was like... It was the size, like... Like Samsung hasn't made a phone as big as the Sound Blaster 16 yet. Um, they've tried. They're not close. So it's just like a big, you know, 16-bit card that you added into your computer. And if you were lucky, you could play CD quality sound. Nice. But most people couldn't. So this was state of the art. And I was trying to teach computers how to understand human speech in noisy environments. Right. So I'm like, I, I can't do this. Uh, like, I'd just be doing research for the next 20 years. And so I took a job where I could actually make things immediately. Um, and then years later, I was like 2002, uh, I started being a guest speaker at tech conferences. Okay. Nice. And one of the tech, one of the first tech conferences I spoke at was in, uh, San Jose, California. And the keynote speaker, the Thursday was William Shatner. And this is before, I think it was right after he made free enterprise. It's like when his career was on the, it was about to come to the upswing. It was right before Priceline and right before uh, Boston Legal. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. So he's still in like the trough okay. of the Shatner uh, oeuvre. And so he's, and he, he co-wrote this book with a technologist about all the stuff that he saw in Star Trek that actually became real technology. Okay. And then he, it that turned into like a History Channel series, and it's actually pretty cool. Like he went around and, and interviewed real technical people who did stuff like synthesizers and wormhole research. And the guy who invented the flip phone at Motorola, which was the dude literally just said, I wanted something that was the tricorder. Oh, and nice. I wanted something that was the um, communicator from the original Star Trek. And so oh, that's why yeah. I made the flip phone. That's so cool. <laughs> And William Shatner got one of the first flip phones because of that. And he told the story about how, like, he looked like a dork. He's like, yeah, I'm flipping the phone. And everybody, like, I'm just like, I got a cool phone. Everybody's like, oh, this guy can't even, like, get over the fact he was Captain Kirk. He's got to get a phone that looks like a communicator. <laughs> so he does this whole thing, and he gets to Q&A. Oh, no. And and I, I, I have this somewhere on video, like oh, on a tape, um, where I said, is there any technology that's so good in Star Trek you think it'll never be created like to match that expectation like we set the bar too high right. like Roddenberry set the bar too high on the show it's like I'll give you my example I used to do speech recognition and I got out of it because it was like there's no way in the next two or three decades it's going to get perfected right and and I used to tell people that Captain Kirk was the reason I quit speech recognition because he made it look too easy and everybody wanted it to work like Captain Kirk where you could just <laughs> talk into a computer any way you wanted and <laughs> it would know exactly what you wanted to give you the right answer yeah the t always came out at the right temperature the 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 digits of pi always went on to infinity like they asked him to yeah you know, that kind of stuff right he goes off on this 10 minute rant about how speech technology speech recognition is terrible 
Uh, everybody he's talked to is full of themselves and think they can make it work. Every time he got paid by a tech conference to come out and do their speech demo, it would just fail, and he'd be left on the stage with this like broken piece of technology. Oh, my gosh. And after this whole thing, he looks at me and goes, why didn't you fix it? And I said, <laughs> I didn't. I went into a different field, and he's like, that was a good idea, and then kept going. And I realized that Captain Kirk had just validated my career choice in front of like 400 of my peers. Dude, that's amazing. <laughs> and I'm like, I win. <laughs> what? That's awesome. Yeah. So that. Oh my god. That's so so cool. that happened. Dude, that's bad. Um, <laughs> so like, did you always know you kind of wanted to be um, a director of videography? Did you kind of fall into that? I didn't that know role? it was okay. a thing. So okay. I. The path for me getting into video is, is odd. I, I started playing drums when I was a kid, and it wasn't even like the the realization that um, like girls might like a guy in a rock band. <laughs> it was that I wanted to play saxophone, and the band leader somehow talked my dad, and they put me on clarinet. I oh, hated man. the clarinet. Oh, no. Everything was cool till high notes happened, and then I, was, I checked out. D- my, clarinet, my clarinet broke, I swear. I did not... I, I've told my mom a hundred times I did not sabotage the clarinet. It literally broke. I couldn't fail band because I was a valedictorian in my redneck high school. And failing band was not an option. So I started playing drums. Okay. And it just sort of went from there. And then I realized later on, I'm like, I could have leveraged this for women somehow. Yeah, I, right? I missed that part. Oh, I know. Uh, but I playing the drums got me interested in like making demo tapes for my bands. And so I started buying sound equipment and nice. – um, like a milk crate with a recording kit in it, kind of so not the state of the art. Right, mm-hmm. right. And when I got to uh, the magnet school, they had a video program. They didn't have a, a sound program. Okay. And so video was the closest thing I could get. And they taught me how to edit video. And I was using, like, this is old school. It's videotapes and video toasters and okay. like VHS stuff. Yeah. And then when I got to Clemson, they had a radio station but no TV station. So I kind of helped them make one. Oh, and nice. It was just something I kind of did as a hobby, yeah. and then, like, I think like 2000, 2001, I got back into like video editing because digital video cameras were getting cheap. Right. Yeah. And that overlapped with the time I was starting to volunteer at DragonCon, and they just sort of invented the position. That's like, so awesome. I was in a meeting one year, and they said, "And Brian's going to be our videography director." And I'm like, "There's <laughs> another Brian here that likes video cameras." <laughs> oh, oh, you what? <laughs> <laughs> And so we built a video department around someone's terrible idea that I should have people help me make videos for Dragon Con. It's it's very convoluted, that is but it's worked so, out okay. That is so cool though. So like when they gave you that title, what like where did your brain go? Like where do I start? Yeah, so like, you know, I think it probably helps the listeners to understand how Dragon Con TV sort of exists. Yeah. Um, like so, Dragon Con big convention. Uh, estimated 82,000 people attending this year. Oh my God. Uh, it is at its roots a fan convention. So 31 years ago, it was a one-day comic book show. <laughs> Got it. Um, and it sort of grew into a media convention. And they, they never wanted to pigeonhole themselves into having just a convention because most sci-fi cons are, they're Star Trek cons, they're Star mm-hmm. Wars cons, they're you know, gaming conventions, they're strictly comic books, they're you know, literary convection, conventions. And... Right. Pat Henry has always been, you know, when I've talked to him, he's like, I just want to do everything. Everybody has, everybody's stuff overlaps with everybody else. Somebody likes the book because they like the movie or they like the movie because they like the book. So let's just have everybody in this big nerd umbrella. Mm-hmm. And it grew into a nerd's tent and then a nerd circus. And when I started volunteering in 98, it was like a 
cozy 10,000 people in one hotel. Whoa. And okay. there wasn't a video department. There was a, there's a tech ops department, which still exists, but that's like sound and lights. And occasionally they put a video camera up because when they got in the bigger rooms, you can't, you know, Anthony Daniels doesn't look that cool when you're 18 rows back. You know, he just looks like a tiny British dude. So I started running video cameras in the rooms and then they realized that, oh, if we have one video person, then two would be better because then we could run multiple camera shifts. And then I became the guy at the switcher. And then we realized the hotel was letting us have a channel to run some of the big events. Yeah. But there was nothing else on it during the day. So we started putting like, you know, movies on it. And then we're like, well, we'll get in trouble if we play Spaceballs again because it's copyrighted. So, <laughs> yeah. um, and then one year, like 2002, the the guys from the original MST3K were there, the second generation. So it was uh, Mike and Kevin uh, and I think Trace were there. And we're all fans. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. I mean, oddly enough, a guy who does podcasts and comedy videos is a fan of people making fun of movies. Go figure. <laughs> so we made an intro. They were the host of The Masquerade. We made an intro video for them. Oh, cool. And this is back when making a Star Wars crawl like took like days of rendering time and the you know the latest Macintosh software now there's a javascript plugin at starwars.com that does it for you wow but so we we like had this idea on Thursday and then on Sunday we made a video that's awesome and that was sort of the birth of the convention realizing that these idiot volunteers we have can do video right and so we treated it like the we treated the masquerade like the 20 minutes before the movie okay uh, right so you would just like make these fake ads and um, just entertain people before that. And then somebody took the stuff we had played before the masquerade and played it in front of a panel on Monday morning and got a better response than did at the masquerade. Really? And they're like, oh, we should keep doing this. So we started making – this was right before Robot Chicken and years before YouTube. So we sort of – we've asymptotically approached Robot Chicken, just they got a budget. Right, yeah. And Seth Green. (laughs) Right. And we don't have either of those. But it was always what if sci-fi kind of bleeds into the real world. Mm-hmm. So you make an infomercial for the sonic screwdriver. Right. You make Stormtroopers Gone Wild now available on home video. You, <laughs> um, yeah, th- this is – yeah. Th- so we have you know our own line of fake products. Uh, we have Improvy, which you spray on crappy movies to turn them into better movies. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. You have Retcon, which you sprayed on your comic books to fix the continuity issues. Dude, that's amazing. Uh, <laughs> So th- this is kind of the vein, and these run in between the panels. So when you're not uh, seeing cool. what you want to see at DragonCon, you're probably watching us. Yeah, um, that's, that's a terrible slogan. I'm not going to use that one. Um, <laughs> Good, Yara. And, it, and, it, 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 and the comedy part, part turned into well, let's improve the coverage of the videos in the rooms, and so it's now become kind of a connective tissue of the con where yeah. we don't. So if you haven't come to DragonCon, you guys have all come to DragonCon, right? Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. Good yeah. Years, so. Yeah. You get the environment, but for most people, they think, oh, I'll go to – I don't, I'm not going to pick on Comic-Con because they do their own thing. But Comic-Con is a – it's a convention center. Right. Con, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So they go to a, a purpose-built convention space. Right, right. And then at 6 o'clock, they'll leave the purpose-built, purpose-built convention space right. and go out into the wilds of San Diego. Okay, yeah. That's not a thing. They just go to San Diego. <laughs> Dragon Con – we don't want a convention space because we want the convention to run all day long. And if you're in a convention space, you're paying union people 
Oh, they will not keep the doors open 96 hours in a row. Got it. Um. So we use the hotels because they're they're built for that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And they're moderately connected. So we use up all the convention space in the five biggest hotels in Atlanta. Right, right. Each one of those hotels has, and this is, it sounds cool when you say it, they have dark channels. <laughs> uh, a dark channel is a hotel, it's an unused TV channel in the hotel, oh, okay. but they keep it blacked out. So if you go to a hotel, you turn on the TV yeah. and there's that dude from Saved by the Bell telling you what pay-per-view is coming up. <laughs> yeah. that, right. That's technically a dark channel. Got it. Okay. Right. It's not real programming. And so the hotels keep it like if the Woodworkers of America or something shows up, they might bring a DVD that's got a loop of content mm-hmm. and they have a DVD player in like the basement somewhere and they'll, yeah. they'll plug it in and it'll play the convention sponsor content. Got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. What we do is we take two of the hotel channels one of them is a like a vault of stuff because i've been i've got stuff going all the way back to like 2004 of the convention like old dvds and panels and so we have about 30 hours of programming on a loop called dctv land like tv land and it's just all the history of the convention so you can watch the leonard nimoy interview you can watch an old shatner interview right so and then the other one is DragonCon TV, which is um, what's happening kind of more live at this convention. Right. So mm-hmm. some of the big panels like William Shatner, Alton Brown, uh, John Cusack, Carl Urban, mm-hmm. those are all going to have a live broadcast inside those five hotels. Okay. Because the biggest ballroom at DragonCon is 2,200 people. Right. Got 82,000 people showing up. Quick yes. math. Not everyone's <laughs> going to happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or you want to go stand in line to see um, John Berriman on Sunday. Uh-huh. But you also want to go to this other thing that's happening. So we'll record the John Berriman panel and then play it later. Right. So right. you get to kind of pick and choose which one do I want to do. Yeah, yeah. So you get to see more of the convention than you normally would. Or if you've got... Like if you get tired, um, the con wears people out. You should, oh, you should go to your room and sleep sometimes. Yeah, seriously. Um, <laughs> paid good money for it. Or you know, people are disabled. They can't, you know, if if you have like a sound sensory thing or you're a bit of an introvert, you're not going to stand in line for everything during the day. You need to get out right, of true. the sun and get out of the crowd. And you can still kind of be part of the convention while doing that. Well, that's really cool. Yeah. That's that definitely helpful to con goers. Sorry, go I was ahead. just gonna ask: Is there any like way of like seeing some of this uh, video from the past without being in the hotels? Because like you know, we unfortunately weren't able to get a hotel room. But uh, this yeah. sounds like this would be something really cool. Like maybe I'll have like something on the app or something like that. Yeah. So we we actually started working on this years ago. Um, and what what we decided on is you know one thing we do is a lot of the the guest interviews. And some of the highlights end up on our DragonCon TV channel on YouTube. Uh, so you can see – and we actually have some some specific interviews. We have uh, Crispy who basically does somewhere between like 30 and 50 guest interviews every con. And he'll put those up on YouTube. So we have um, – and these are like you know one-on-one conversations with people. Um, or if it's like Xavier Woods, it's several minutes of insanity with a world-class wrestler. Um, also fun. Uh but you so you have that stuff. We just started a streaming service last year uh, because we realized that uh, the five host, you know, we can't wire up every single hotel with this in Atlanta. It's it's kind of an expensive thing to do. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, and some of the hotels don't have the logistics for what we we want to do. So 
what we're doing now is offering a streaming service. So if you're a if you actually show up at DragonCon uh-huh. uh, at registration, um, you can go to another stand at registration, pay ten extra bucks, and you get a streaming pass. And That's really that means cool. you create an account, log in, and whatever you would see on the hotel TV, you would see on your tablet or on your laptop. Oh wow! That's so really even if you're staying at like right. the Best Western down the street or one of the airport hotels, you can still get this because they got free Wi-Fi. It's cool. What? Uh, That's but like the other thing is that we archive material because you look at the schedule and then you look at our broadcast schedule and you're like, there's more on one of these than the other. Uh, we now have six main ballrooms. Uh, a main programming ballroom seats over a thousand people. Um, it's like you have the, you know, so Alden Brown's in the atrium. That's a main ballroom. Shatner's in the salon. That's a main ballroom. Um, so we record as much of that as possible. And so if you got the if you got the streaming service today, you'd have about sixty hours of programming from 2016. Wow. And then we're going to do the same thing for 2017. You get access for that for like three months after the con. That's amazing, uh-huh. dude. Oh so you can God. sort of detox, right? Normally you come home and you're like, I had such a great day. And then Tuesday happens and you're like, oh, and then there's this sort of like post-con depression that happens <laughs> yeah, for a lot of people. Always, like, yeah. And so you can just sort of like methadone your way off of it just by streaming a little bit less video every day. Because um, drug analogies are, are wonderful ways to advertise your video service, Brian. Nice job. Um, we welcome so, drug analogies here. And this is the first year we're actually offering streaming to people who can't make it because we got a, a lot of complaints about like, hey, my work just told me I can't take my vacation. So now I can't go to DragonCon. Uh, so for 30 bucks, you can go to dragoncon.tv and get the same thing. And so you can experience DragonCon. And I refer to it as the introvert-friendly uh, service because uh, you don't need all, like, the people or the extra price of food or the hotel or six strangers sharing your hotel with you. Right. Uh, <laughs> CouchCon 2017. <laughs> or, or like LineCon. Like you have to wait. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I am actually like if someone can get a good enough cell service, they have actually discussed like watching one panel while in the line for the other one. Right. And I'm like, it's a very optimistic rating of the hotel's Wi-Fi. But if you can make that go, you. There are 82,000 people trying to get on it. Yeah. 82,000 nerds showing up in a place. I think cell coverage is going to be a little Spot. <laughs> yeah. So when you started DragonCon TV, did you realize like what all was going to be, you know, going into it and what it would turn into? <laughs> oh, you're adorable. Oh, God, no. We we made a dumb video in you know, a couple of days at a con, and we're like, this will be fun. And it just like I now literally have a green screen in my basement. Um, it's a thing that's happening. Uh, yeah, it's what, awesome. it's one of those things where. We didn't real, you know, it sounds trite. We didn't realize what we were doing. We thought we were a bunch of tech volunteers who would get together and a couple months before the con, we'd make some silly videos and entertain our friends. Because, yeah, you know, Dragon Con is, you know, I mean, it's technically a business, right? People buy memberships to go to a thing. Uh-huh. Most of the money goes into, like, you know, paying the people that show up. Uh, there's, there's only like a couple employees at Dragon Con. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everything, it, it's really designed for the convention to exist so you can have another convention. Uh, so it's very fan oriented and fan created thing. I mean, Pat Henry's one of the co founders. He owned a comic book shop, you know, in the south side of Atlanta. Um, so this is kind of his, his life. Right. And the, the interesting thing is when you have, because I don't know if you've been to other conventions like uh, Creation or some of the other ones that are more of like a, a corporate convention. Those not, are still no. fun, but they feel more like signing and T-shirt opportunities in a lot of way. It doesn't feel like that the people who are fans of the show make the show. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And DragonCon is very different that way. It is 
like that's why a couple of volunteers can go, I want to make a stupid video. And it seems like a great idea. And they, they turned it into part of it. It's why tracks change names and grow. And, and, Oh, nice. You know, so a lot of times when you see something change at a convention like dragon con, um, it's because there's enough fan interest that the volunteers are to support moving something in that direction. Got it. Uh, so it's, it, it, and that that whole fan like the convention essentially gave the small group of nuts permission to constantly make fun of the convention because one of the things you'll see as a as a trope in a lot of our videos is we're we're sort of I mean, there's eighty two thousand people at con we started Dragon Con TV proper right it were probably like maybe twenty thousand people coming to Dragon Con okay yeah you know, twenty to twenty five thousand that's about the size of the town I grew up in North Carolina <laughs> wow that's insane oh right so. You know, in 82,000 people, I live in Loganville in the suburbs. That's eight times bigger than my municipality. So <laughs> it's got its own it's yeah. got its own language and jokes and culture. And if I say Marriott carpet, 80,000 people go, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Marriott yeah. carpet. Marriott carpet's a thing. <laughs> if I say trashy, another 50,000 go, yeah, we miss trashy. Right. It has its <laughs> own like in jokes. Right. That's so and so we've. We've tr actually, I mean, it's weird because we have a comedic philosophy. Like we have a way of saying we don't like we stop doing certain kinds of jokes. Like we don't make fun of a particular group okay. of fans because we don't want it to be taken as, you know, oh, you're you're our nerds. Like when all the nerds get together, you're the nerd that we you're the nerd subculture we pick on. It's not like a click or anything. Right. Yeah. We don't want it to be perceived that way um, because since it's all fan run, if I go, I'm going to go make fun of X. Like I'm gonna make fun of Twilight, which we do sometimes. Um, there'll be a Twilight fan among us. Okay. Uh, yeah. And we actually do play that on its head sometimes, where we'll start out. It looks like we're making a joke on Twilight, and we actually made fun of something else that you think is more serious, because turns out it's almost the same story, and you didn't realize it. Um, <laughs> so we, you know, we we have, and it, it's odd for a a convention to give like not even employees, you know, that much agency um, to sort of talk about and and become but we, we always accidentally kind of became part of the culture of the thing so we occasionally make fun of ourselves too yeah um but it's i don't know it's just it had that kind of weird feel that you know there's a space that we can fill at the convention where here's half an hour before the panel where you idiots that didn't bring books um, <laughs> you know and cell phones don't really work in some of the rooms because right. everybody else is trying to send instagram at the same time i guess you just look at us for 20 minutes right yeah. um and so we, you know, it's not just, <laughs> hey, we're going to make fun of Stormtroopers again, because that never gets old. Uh, <laughs> but we also, like, we're educating people about, like, hey, we're going to make fun of you if you're rude to people in the elevator. We're going to kind of dig at you a little bit if you're not following rule number seven. Right. Yeah. Uh, so it, it has that side play. of, like, we've, we're infrastructure now. We're like this weird tunnel system that exists at the convention. And so, no, I had no clue that was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, you, this is probably going to be a very long answer if you can truncate as much as you want to. Um, what is your, like, process like for a skit idea or whatever Ugh. kind of video you're making? Like, do you have, like... Do you have like a table of people that you sit and you write with or do you just get, we, get we an idea? We used to try to do a physical writer's room, okay. which was my back porch. Nice. Um, and we, we sat down like the first writer's room in 2003, uh, was me and 
um, Jeff and Amy, two of my friends from Huntsville. Um, and we're like, apparently, and this was in, I think July or August. Like we started really close to the convention. Okay. And I said, you know, we're, we're going to do this thing where we, we make the first 20 minutes, whatever. And so most of our content was like still images. Okay. Got it. Um, they just looked like the really cheap ads before Coca-Cola or Pepsi took over your, your movie theater experience. Got it. Okay. And I'm just like, throw, throw an idea out. This is kind of the, the thing I want to do. And Jeff looked at me and said, Stormtroopers gone wild. <laughs> it's like the first thing that we ever got pitched. And we all fell over laughing. And then we're like, we're doing that. That's and so a lot of it starts from, and it, we've moved it into like a Slack channel now. We just use online messaging because it's, it's too hard for all of us to get together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, or if we have an idea somewhere, we want to make sure we can get it. Like, so we can just pull our phone out and put it into a channel and see if it gets a response as opposed to waiting for like a magic day. Right. Uh, yeah. And I do actually, I prefer the writer's room environment uh, yeah, for definitely. that sort of thing. But it's just because we're spread out so far and we all have like j- jobs and day lives and stuff. Right. Um, the, the Slack actually gives you really nice feedback because you put an idea in and if people are paying attention, like you get 10, you know, plus ones or somebody cackling, you know, whatever emoji combination they pick. Um, <laughs> yeah. So and so sometimes we'll throw an idea out and it falls into a particular bucket. We've kind of separated things into bumpers, which are the black and white text uh, that we totally ripped off from Adult Swim. Yeah, the bumps. But, yeah. <laughs> and, and they know it. And, you know, I've we're, we're cool. Everybody's fine. There's no problem here. Um, and so those are more somebody asks us a question. We have an answer. That's that's like a voice. It's an anonymous voice that talks to you Yeah, uh, and feeds you information. And then you have the actual kind of commercial. We're going to make fun of a, we're going to make an infomercial or make a product commercial. Uh, there's a, you know, music video parody type of thing. Um, yeah, those are awesome. Uh, yeah, the Taylor Swift Star Wars thing uh, <laughs> sold it off where George Lucas sells off to Disney. And we're like, it's going to be great because he sold it off. And then George Lucas sings to Leia that she's a Disney princess now, which she totally is. Actually. Right. Yeah, uh, technically. Uh, freaked me out when I first thought of it. I'm like, yeah, she totally is. <laughs> um, or Comic Book Shop, which is a Macklemore parody, which Titan oh, actually nice. let us take over Comic Shop for three days to shoot that thing. Nice. I cannot believe they let us do that. That is so cool. Um, we, we love Titan. Yeah. Titan, Titan and Smyrna is amazing. Oh, they're such good people. Um, uh, and so – and then there's also a fourth one that we have, which we didn't used to have before, uh, called Will Not Be Seen Tonight. So if, if we have an idea for a parody, like the first thing you normally do is you think of a, a – like a – you know, something pops in your head. And you try to write a joke around it. Right. So and and what we discovered is that long and just like you're going to discover trying to edit this answer, the long <laughs> description is not always the best description. Um, so if I like one of our short joke, we have two short jokes that I use as the example. Um, right after Enterprise got canceled, um, we shot a bit, which we still run, where there's a, a guy in a full Klingon outfit standing on the side of the road with a cardboard sign that says will not kill you for food (laughs) (laughs) right yeah and and it's like we shot that on the way to shoot something that was more complicated and less funny oh that's hilarious (laughs) right and and there's another one where you got the sign reversed and says series canceled please help oh Um, thanks to discovery we can't run that one anymore um right but still like really simple but there's no more joke than that right that's the whole joke yeah 
And so Robot Chicken does that all the time, too. We, we sort of asymptotically approach them. So they'll have a joke, and most of the time they don't stretch their jokes. They, they're like, this is the joke. Carrying it farther doesn't work. Right. Let's stop here and do something else. And we learn that the hard way. <laughs> we would often stretch the joke and not get any better laugh than what we did with the first idea. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. So when you have two Klingons in an outfit and one, they're, they're standing in a, in a field, you know, like, you know, flowers, poppies, everything. Yeah. And one looks at the other and says, do you ever get that not so fresh feeling? <laughs> that better be the entire joke. Because if you take that joke any farther than that, it's not going to be funny anymore. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Cause I was cracking up just hearing that. <laughs> yeah. So, so those those are my my two examples. So like will not be seen tonight allows us to take those those mashup titles. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and still like whatever wrong place that goes later, the audience did that to themselves. Right. That's so true. Right? I just <laughs> I took you to Chick Fil A. It's not my fault. You got the sausage biscuit. Right. You, know, <laughs> you, you went the wrong direction. I can't be blamed for that. That's so true. Um. So like one of my favorites from this year. Uh, is the Canterbury DuckTales oh, will not nice. be seen tonight. Oh. That better not go any farther. <laughs> like, we actually had a scenario where that would play out farther, and we're like, nope, we're not going to do that. That sounds amazing, <laughs> though. Oh, my gosh. That sounds so good. Um, but, like, you know, so, and sometimes our sometimes our commercials are pure sci-fi, you know, aping. Um, you know, like making the infomercial for the sonic screwdriver. Right. Right. Yeah. That, that's, and then sometimes they're sort of adjacent to that. Um there's one this year, uh, so you'll get the scoop on this. We made a commercial, and it, it sort of crosses over into the science content of science fiction. We made a commercial for homeopathic beer. Oh, right. Okay. But it's shot actually like a real beer commercial where the announcer's trying to convince you that this is actually a thing. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> oh, nice. So that'll, that'll actually be in there. That's amazing. Um, but most of the time, it's Exclusive. we just look at the, the science fiction world and go, okay, that's going to bleed over into – us, but not in like a black mirror kind of way, like in a funny <laughs> kind of way. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I will say uh, when you're talking about that, my favorite that I see every year is the one where it's like a it's a hide and seek contest between Predator, Waldo, yes. and like somebody else. <laughs> that, uh, every time I see it, I love that. That that one um, that one gets me every time. I, I I gave that idea to an editor. I was just like, you know, you have to, you know, Alien versus Predator versus Waldo. Um, uh, no, it was Predator versus Ninja versus Waldo. That was the that was the joke. And then he's got the. It's just like it's it's all just titles, and it's just the shot of an idyllic forest with nothing happening for an extraordinarily long amount of time, like a Family Guy length of yeah. time. Right. Like, like it gets to the point where you're looking, and you're like. Is there really something in that picture? Yeah, and you're like, realize oh, the that, joke's that's on you funny. Not. And you're like, wait, maybe I'm supposed to see something. <laughs> oh, okay, no, it's funny again. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't run on too long. <laughs> yeah. But, and, and we actually play with audio because we're – the weird thing about making is we're not making online videos. Right. Uh, we're, making, we're making videos that can go online, but they also play for an audience in a room. And yeah. so our first, our first reaction for this is do the group of people in front of it have the reaction we're looking for and then if, if if it's funny when we put it up on youtube later on that's a bonus right but yeah. the main goal is the the thousands of people in that environment yeah and so we'll do things that specifically play to the crowd and so we'll 
like sometime in August, we'll get everybody together at a house and we'll play stuff. And we'll like, there's a person in the corner, like we're doing a, you know, a marketing survey for oh, potato cool. chips and they're like watching everybody's reactions yeah. and making notes. Wow. Um, and sometimes the reaction we want is half the room to clap and half the room to boo. Like, <laughs> okay. Taking the side. Congratulations. Or we do things that cause the audience, like the audience has to yell at a certain time. Um, like, you know, we make this year, we have a fake choose your own adventure game oh, that cool. is based on audience reactions, which of course we're, we didn't make multiple versions of the video. We're just screwing with people. We're going to be out but, there screaming with the fans. So I know. Okay. Yeah. But we, we actually, we, we played this and we have a PSA about um, that. It's a trick PSA into turning off your cell phone that we oh, started yeah. a couple of years ago Yeah, where we were talking about QR codes, you know, the, Mm-hmm. Looks like Rorschach's mask, but yeah. but you can scan you, you know your phone with it. Right. Mm-hmm. And we put up a QR code, and we actually had to sit there and time people. How long does it take somebody to take their phone out, unlock it, open the app, and hold their phone up? <laughs> and about half a second less than that, we take the QR code away. <laughs> and we're like, oh, that's that's a shame. But while you're here, could you turn your ringer off? That's terrible. <laughs> that's really good. Because we're we're that kind of jerk. <laughs> All right. So, okay. So you do kind of do a quality control kind of test. Do you use, you know, the other writers and kind of nerds or do you use like your friends and use them as guinea pigs to see if that joke's going to land? Um, well, most of our friends happen to be nerds anyway. They're just different kinds of nerds. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's a, it's a real cross section. So like, I don't write, like this is a team thing. I've, I've never been a hundred percent the only writer on this. Thank goodness. Because uh, there's just a bunch of stuff I don't know. Um, so there's also a lot of like I get surprised by stuff that we have because I remember the original pitch, but I'm not the person who produces it. So a lot of times I watch something and it's the first time for me as well. And and we do actually have conversations about like this needs to be on screen a half second longer. Um, this reaction isn't right. Um, and it's it is a it's a small iterative process, but we really do base it on, you know, Hopefully somebody can watch this for the first time and tell us what they think, as opposed to the editor who's seen it like for hours mm-hmm. and doesn't know if that half second is going to make it fun anymore. Right. So um, being the director of videographer or videography, I'm sorry, and then also, you know, being part of the uh, Dragon Con TV, like what's what's the like coolest thing you get to do that like makes you want to come back and do it every year? Oh, boy. Um <laughs> Some of it's fan reaction. I got to admit, like seeing, you know, seeing the fact that people are, you know, actually enjoying the show, like that they're they we've created kind of their their little bubble. Um, We sort of have built our four day theme park and everything's running and it's, you know, it's not like one of those simulator games where you didn't put enough cotton candy machines in or the bathroom isn't close (laughs) enough to the roller coaster and things are going awry. Like we're actually, you know, we we built the dome and it's not Thunderdome. Um, <laughs> and I just, I don't know. It's, it's always a weird intersection of stuff. Cause I'm not, I'm not always there for the big guest. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like interacting, you know, I, I do get some level of access to, to people behind the scenes, but it's not something where I'm constantly like trying to sneak backstage so I can meet famous people. Cause our security's like, no, you can't do that. <laughs> right. Not even the volunteers get to harass these people. Go away. Um, I mean, I've, I've just had some like cool, interesting interactions with people. I got to meet Terry Gilliam backstage uh, when cool. he was uh, promoting Zero Theorem. Wow. 
nice. um, and he's like one of the most self-effacing people I know. He was just like, oh, they're clapping because they haven't actually seen the movie yet. You know, <laughs> dude, really? Um, I, so a lot of it is just, you know, a lot of it is making the thing work. There's a certain type of person that, yeah, like convention or like, you know, you've done podcasting for a while. You kind of understand this, right? You, yeah, definitely. You're making a thing. And so part of it is not just the, the craft of making it, but also seeing that there's an audience and, yeah, of course, you know, that knowing that, you know, whatever you're putting together is being received properly. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I edited a, a podcast for ages, oh, uh, plus you? all the video stuff that we're doing. Oh so, gosh, um, you know, I get that. Um, the, What's the podcast that you edited? I, I used to uh, be co-host of Webcast, um, oh, okay. which ran for, geez, seven years? Wow. Uh, wow. Yeah, we were we were early days. Yeah, um, like early yeah. 2000s, I'm guessing, right, maybe? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so That's we awesome. were on uh, Farpoint Media for a while. Um, but we actually got a Parsec Award one year. That was oh, kind of fun. Oh, cool. um, wow. it, it was essentially the right – it was – uh, offshoot of the writers' rooms we had early on for Dragon Con TV. So it's me, uh, Stephen Grenade, who's now the director of the science track. He's the he's the bald guy in all our videos. Oh, so cool. he's uh, <laughs> uh, he's the zombie Bob in um, Read Your Brains video that we did. Um, uh, Crispy, who's our in, uh, lead interviewer now, he used to be my camera person when I did all the interviews for the DVDs. Oh, nice. uh, and uh, Patrick Jarrett, we know as Trick, who now lives in Seattle. Uh, he works for uh, Wizards of the Coast. He's a program manager for Magic the Gathering. Wow. What? So, yeah, we used to do a we used to do a podcast. Um, That's so cool. And it was kind of open ended nerd culture thing. Yeah. Uh, and you know, we just got to a point where we were too busy doing other projects to keep it going. We probably did like a hundred and something episodes. Um, it was it was just sort of I, it's kind of the feel of this one, right? It's we're right. not all in the same room, but we want to keep up and yeah, just whatever guest or or topic crossed our mind. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's pretty much what we did. Yeah. Yeah, it, cool. it, it sort of came out of like there was stuff we would talk about and want to like discuss, <laughs> but it wasn't Dragon Con TV material. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It was a little too off the rails or. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's exactly like this podcast. It is. So, so I don't tell the story often. The joke that inspired us to do our own podcast where well, Crispy's a huge gaming fan and awesome. we made a, a, a Wii safety video when the Wii came out. <laughs> it's like the era that we're looking at. That was um, needed back and it's, it's, a, it's done as a silent movie okay. um, with like the, you know, when you hit somebody in the face, no. When you put on the wrist trap, yes. Oh, sweet. Okay. Um, okay. And Darth Vader's playing tennis and <laughs> it's like, yes, you know, because he's got the wrist trap on and then Darth Vader like throws the remote down and puts his hands over his head and goes, no. <laughs> So this yeah, is the level so of humor we have. And we wanted oh, to make hilarious. a um, – we were like, what or what what could be Wii games that no one would ever make? Okay, yeah. And the joke we came up with, which we could we weren't going to film as us, was called Wii DSM. Okay. And there's no <laughs> gameplay video. There's just two people and there's sound effects. And one person is standing there with the Wiimote and they're just – like moving it back and forth, back and forth. And yeah. the other person is the Wiimote and the nunchuck and they're holding it over their head and they're looking really, really bored. <laughs> that is the whole joke. <laughs> and then we, we were like, has anybody else thought oh, about this? And then we went out hilarious. and we found this a video from Loading Ready Run okay. where they did Rejected Wii Games, which if you can find that video, it's amazing. They did, they did that joke, like that whole progression of like, what games would you not have? Right. Way better than we did because they actually made the gameplay graphics. Oh, did they? So wow. they have. Um, That's cool. Um, 
like a Wii salute game, which is totally like the guy doing a Nazi salute with his uh, Wiimote. Oh, oh uh, and there's Wii seal hunt. And um, it's just like, it's <laughs> oh completely wrong. And we're just like, we're just going to show their video. That's and, uh, <laughs> but that turned into us wanting to do the podcast. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool though. That's an awesome story for how you started a podcast. It's badass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they're, they're normally accidental. Alcohol may have been involved. <laughs> it may be <laughs> I mean, not your podcast, obviously. This is a classy operation. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Finest yeah. of Skypes. Used to keep your pro. <laughs> um, so you've been involved with Dragon Con for a while now. Have you? 18 years. Uh, 18 years. Wow. It's an adult an adult child could have born at this point. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's an adult. It's an like, adult. Where is he going with this? It's not my mom's basement. It's my basement. <laughs> nice. Um, have you uh, worked with any other cons or have you just kind of stuck to Dragon Con and like... I haven't really like... volunteered at other cons. Um, I've actually put kind of a limit on it because of how much work it takes. Yeah. Um, I've, I've, you know, I've had people go, oh, I'm going to start up a con and I'm like, good for you. Um, <laughs> Good luck with that. I've been a guest at, oh, at several gosh. conventions uh, for for different reasons. Uh, I play jazz. Um, there's a jazz band I'm in called Play It with Moxie that uh, is the house band at a film convention in Georgia. Dude, I think um, you're downplaying your cool jazz band, like no, drums like... and jazz and robots. Yeah, like Come we got a horn section, and it's you're a bunch like of other people, who are musicians or filkers. Um, it was it was I was uh, playing a backing gig for a friend of mine at a filk con in like 2002 and we're like hey this is really good and we could do classier music if we got like her friend who plays trumpet and yeah. it became a thing uh, so i'm i'm like the only non-multi-instrumentalist in the band um <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous um and so i've been toastmaster at a couple of conventions because of that uh, we played in AcroCon, we played um Georgia Filk Convention, uh, OVFF, which is the Ohio Valley Ohio Valley Filk Festival. Okay, um, been a guest at MTAC uh, a couple of times uh, with with and without the podcast. Um, I, I do uh, burns like alchemy, like mini Burning Man kind of events. Oh, um, nice! I do That's what they awesome. call Rangers, which is their their version of security, which is way more chill than normal security. Because um, <laughs> right. if you're at a if you're at a a self created community uh, like giving hippies rules is kind of hard. <laughs> yeah, so you're so really true. more of like a, a counselor to help people sort their own stuff out. Um, I do photography at, at some of these events as well. Um, so when like when the fire breathers perform, I do a lot of photography with them. So so wait a minute, what do you not do? Yeah, his skill set is like amazing. Um, I am dude. terrible at foreign languages. Okay, I okay. I have to do world travel for my job. That's so uh, cool. And I took three years of French in high school: French one, French two, and French two. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you there. Um, yeah, that did not go well. I just, my brain, like, I, I literally, this is not a joke, I applied for a job once, mm -hmm. and they, they had languages, and I put down C, assembly, basic, Fortran. Oh, you meant spoken languages. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. So it, you see, and of course, that, that job interview didn't go well, because there's, like, languages, and there's this big, like, scratched out part of the form in English kind of scrawled <laughs> in in my crappy handwriting. Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> Where do you find the time to fit in, like, because learning an instrument and learn all the stuff that you know, it's like, do you, do you I, it's, sleep it's at a, all? It's a collection of, like, barely maintained skills sometimes. Okay. Like, That's still impressive. Drumming though. I did very seriously in college. Yeah. Um, like, I played in a couple of bands, and I had, we, we made time to rehearse, and we played gigs, and right. occasionally got paid. 
uh, and made some CDs and tapes and stuff. Uh, I haven't really been keeping the chops up as much. I can still play fairly well. Okay. But I'm not like 23-year-old me was a hell of a lot better than current me. <laughs> I understand. Um, <laughs> photography was something that really came about like the past 10 years I've, I've been focusing on more. That's so cool. Um, and that kind of go, it goes hand in hand with the video stuff. Yeah. Uh, but also I was traveling so much. It's like, it would be kind of dumb for me to go to, to all these places and not take a ton of pictures. Oh, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and right. then I have a bunch of really uh, photographers that I find amazing. Like my friends, Kevin or, or um, um, Ken that are like world-class uh, like Kevin does nothing but butterfly shots in motion. And it's just, how are you getting this thing <laughs> that, that moves 80 miles a minute still? That's wild. You know, That's using any amount of technology. That's so I, there's some, you know, I have that like kind of snowball of like things that I've done that right. I, I go away from and come back to. Um, it, it is a little bit of a balancing act. And sometimes I put things down for a while so I can focus on something else. So it's, it's, a, it's like one of those weird like StarCraft kind of problems, right? Where, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, I guess I can't, you know, make, you know, walls over here because i got to go over here and fight these dudes okay now i can go and mine whatever thing i got to mine so i can fight these dudes i want to ask you as a as a like a creative person how do you know which direction you want to go in like what's worth giving uh, up to go somewhere else you know what i mean that that is really hard like, how do you know? um and because there's there's this thing where um i'm fortunate that i remember when i sucked at something okay <laughs> Um, because it reminds me that if I try something and I'm not immediately good at it, it doesn't mean that I should walk away from it. Right. Right. Like there's a, there's an unreleased episode of what the cast we, we, we purposely recorded an episode zero that never saw the light of day. That's cool. Because we wanted to do the whole thing and get the process down and then throw it out and do it like we'd never done that before. Okay. Um, Got it. So I remember how bad I was when I started playing drums. I remember that when I first took Taekwondo, I couldn't make a fist to save my life. Um, you know, so I've have all the photos, like the photos I put up on the wall from fire breathing are the shots that turned out. Nobody sees, you know, if I get, if somebody breathes fire, there's this like very brief moment where everything has to be perfect. Yeah. And then there's the moments just ahead of that and just behind it, which are garbage. <laughs> and so everybody looks at that one photo of right. like a guy breathing a mushroom cloud 20 feet in the air. The eight before it and the 10 after it are a waste of bits, you know, oh, so the, okay. you know, it's a, it's a ratio kind of thing. Yeah. Um, you know how much of the show is going to get cut out. Right. right. So they hear the the final result. So kind of remembering that, okay, it's, it's as much a habit and a process. And I've learned this from like, I have friends who are authors uh, and they're like, I just sit down and write every day. I know I'm going to go back and edit it later, but at least I'm making something. Right. Yeah, of course. You know, and I get stuck in these ruts constantly where I just want to go home and recharge and I don't work on a thing. I've got video I shot a year ago for a project hasn't been worked on yet. Okay. I'm not in the habit of working on that project. Right. So that that's, that's what you have to do is it's, it's a it's a balance of like, how much Netflix do I want to watch? How much of this thing do I want? To make? <laughs> right? It, yeah. Is the return on me working on this thing better than a season of Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like a, sometimes yeah, it, it's like it's a hard. toss up. Yeah, I can imagine because you do. I mean, you you've done a lot, dude. Like, I wish we could just have you back again on the podcast. I mean, seriously, I'm not just saying that, but I have so many more questions now since we've been talking. 
insane. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the depths of my my odd inability to keep a hobby focused. But yeah, that'd be awesome though. <laughs> just talking some more. I mean, it's crazy just to do all that. Wow. Anyway, um, I mean, it, it has a weird it has a weird overlap though. I mean, the like when I did radio in college, it was like, oh, I want to you know learn more about Mike so I can you know maybe record my drums better or whatever. Right. Yeah. I I have to do public speaking now as a job, and in, like where I am, you know going to tech conferences and speaking uh one you know 18 year old me on the radio is also another thing you don't want to hear tapes of (laughs) Um, boy um it's weird that like my tech job and my kind of weird radio tv hobby from high school and college sort of have merged got it that's sort of an unexpected path can we get like a little hint of 18 year old you can you give us some of that oh god um (laughs) so it's um really um when you when you want to like listen to this next song, if you could just um, so this band really reminds me of like this other band we have in rotation, um, uh, the Pixies. Yeah, so the Pixies apparently are a thing, and uh, I think that the guitar player from the Pixies knows. Anyway, so um, we're just gonna play Cannonball now, and you're listening to WSPF FM Clemson, uh, thousand watts of alternative power. Wait, nice. Oh, there's the button. Yeah. A little bit Awesome. Actually, that's not terrible because that sounds like every college radio station probably that I hear. Like, like Strong, the one. I... Uh, did you guys ever see uh, like Homestar Runner? Um, yeah. Okay, so there's a there's a strong bad email where they talk about the different types of radio announcers. Okay. Um, and strong bad is going through is like, okay, so we're going to illustrate every type of radio announcer by taking the same phrase and having different radio announcers repeat it. And it says, and now we get to college radio. I could sum up. <laughs> College radio in five words. Dead air, um, dead air. <laughs> so true. Yeah, and I was like, damn, true. guys, that's ooh. <laughs> yeah, he's so right though. Like that hits a little close to home. Well, they 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 went to Georgia Tech, and I think they were actually right. DJs on WREK. So yes, that's yeah. the one. I, that's the one I'm referencing. The one that comes on after 88.5 is done for the day. Like you know, the GPB radio is done. Oh for yeah, the day. That's, that's, yes. that's GSU. And we looked up to those guys in college because oh, they had a hundred thousand watt transmitter. Oh wow! And we had a three thousand watt transmitter, and we were done upgrading it. Oh man! So the tagline for, for Clemson was WSBF FM Clemson 88.1. More powerful than the average hair dryer. <laughs> That's actually nice. really good. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> but I mean, that, that's the kind of like, you know, and it's the same thing like at, at DragonCon or a PhilCon or they're, they're their own bubble, right? So if you go to right. a PhilCon and you can't sing, congratulations, you're probably still better off than half the people there. If you're doing college radio, right. it's a lab. If you're in a makerspace that's learning true. how to weld, someone's going to have the fire extinguisher, right? It's, yeah. it's a place where you can... Um, like martial arts is a thing I did. Um, it, it's the dojo. You screw up in the dojo because there's a mat on the floor and the people know when you tap your chest, they should stop turning your wrist. Yeah. Uh, it's different than screwing up out in the world. So you make all your mistakes in that space. And then when you go out, you're less likely to make them. Right. Right. Martial so arts nobody's going to, nobody's going to watch, you know, Mayweather train for the fight. They're going to watch Mayweather get in the ring for a couple of hours. Exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah. so they, they're like, well, like, he looks pretty good. And, you know, for guys just like on TV all the time, he might've been in the gym for 10 months, <laughs> you know? And there's another guy who's probably as good as Mayweather. You don't know his name. Who's just the guy he punches up against. So yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Man. 
Martial arts too, it's dude. Just, it's just a thing he did. Yeah, it's I know. Insane, it's, it was a thing. <laughs> that it, is crazy. So I got into ten because I was the nerd at my I was the nerd at my school. I, that is awesome. There might have been bullies, and at fourteen, <laughs> I was like, "Why do I have to learn a spinning hook kick to get rid of bullies? I right. could just try playing basketball." I suck at basketball. <laughs> and I, and I quit. I, I came back at twenty nine. Don't come back at twenty nine. It's hard. If you're in martial arts now and you're thinking about like pausing. For 15 years, I would suggest not doing that. It's much harder. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, what if you're going through it fresh in, like, an older age? Is that good? Uh, it, it's not bad, actually. It depends okay. on the style. Okay. This, awesome. is a whole nother, this is a whole other show. We could Dude, do a whole nother seriously, I have, I have a lot of questions, though. He's done so many cool things. I know. You just opened up so many cans. <laughs> Sleeping is hard. <laughs> um, I, I, I like to do that sometimes. All right. I like to do what? Sleeping. Oh, I sleeping. Sleeping, yeah. Man. <laughs> Not the week before Dragon Gone. Yeah. <laughs> actually, there there is this thing where it's like Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. I might actually want to get a full night's sleep because that ain't happening after Wednesday. Oh, right. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Chris has a question, and then we can move on to the quick fire yeah. questions. Oh, yeah, because you yeah. have more questions after the questions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to get into the quick fire questions soon. But I've, I've noticed at Dragon Con the last couple of years, and you've mentioned it multiple times tonight, what exactly is Filk? Okay, so Filk is essentially, it's music about science fiction and fantasy. Um, and it's usually a parody of some type, but not always. But the majority of it is, um, so like, it, what, what we do when we parody, like if I do a Star Wars parody of a Taylor Swift song, I'm kind of venturing into the world of Filk. Um, there is a kind of amateur feel to it, so it's not always expected to be professional, although there are professional musicians who, who play in and filk. Um, there's a, a lot of overlap with authors. Uh, Shauna McGuire, who also writes in Amira Grant, is a filker. Uh, she's won awards for both her writing and her music. Um, and I have people who kind of, they, they skirt the line between, like, some of their stuff falls into that bucket and some doesn't, but... It's actually, there was a, a sci-fi con in the 60s that was supposed to be advertising a folk circle, and they misspelled it filk, and they, you know, nerds ran with that and kind of made it their own thing. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, nice. That is the, you know, I think actually correct, but possibly not. Or That's the origin story everybody tells. Nice. Um, I like that. <laughs> Batman has dead parents. Filk has a typo. Uh, <laughs> he got the better end of the deal. Yeah. He didn't get all the money. But the, the neat thing about Filk is that it's, it's assumed to be kind of an amateurish space, even if professionals are playing in on it. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to be perfect to sit in on a circle. Uh, not everything has to be hashed out. If you're not in key, okay, that's mm -hmm. fine. Um, so it, it, it has that kind of, of training feel or just sort of like friends hanging out feel to it. Uh, but there's a filk track at Dragon Con that's actually really well run. And the people that they get in there are, are probably more at the top end of like folks whose lyrics are more polished. Their stage presence is better. A lot of them play out professionally all the time. Cool. Um, so it's a really good introduction because you're in the, like the higher brackets. You sort of like are watching the, I won't say Atlanta Braves. That's a bad example this season, <laughs> but you're like you're watching the top tier. Uh, and then you know you can figure out how it filters down from there. That sounds like fun. That sounds yes. awesome. Have you done any of that since you play instruments and things like that? Um, I don't actually sing. Okay. Um, I have written. Um, so I've written a lot of the song parodies that we do. I've written some stuff for other people. Nice. Uh, at Phil conventions. Okay. Um, so I, my jazz band does uh, instead of Mama's Good to You from uh, Chicago, we do Job is Good to You. <laughs> nice. Uh, that's a full horn section. As a you know. 
Torch Singer and everything. <laughs> right. um, so I wrote the majority of the lyrics in uh, Comic Book Shop. Uh, Allie Pelfrey helped me with that because she had to check my comic references. Oh, okay. Nice. Um, she's like, nobody calls him Robert Drake. Everybody calls him Bobby. I'm like, this is why I hate you. The Taylor Swift parody um, sold it off. Um, the the parody of a rap parody when we did um, uh, I'm on a Blimp, uh, oh, which right. is a steampunk version of I'm on a Boat from Saturday Night Live, which is a parody of hip hop. Yeah, definitely. So we went, we have layers. Right. It's like an onion. <laughs> so I, I pretty much wrote all of that. Um, it gets really deep. And yeah, so it, I've, I kind of am floating in that particular genre to some extent. That's so badass, man. You have so many cool yeah. stories and cool hobbies as you like to call them but they're all for nerds so this cool. is like these are cool nerd stories for normal people they're like oh my god go to a football game <laughs> no well, don't go to a football game so true. <laughs> well, hey, Falcons do this year oh yeah, yeah hopefully <laughs> well if you're having fun with us we would love to have you back yeah that'd be, there's all sorts of that'd be awesome, fun dude. stuff to talk about but we're gonna fast forward to the uh, more questions, the quick fire, because then you have to go. So we're already at um, okay. almost out of time. So apparently, I have a convention to run. Or... I know. <laughs> That's what they say. I mean, come on. All right, I guess I'll go first, and Chris and Jamie. We can maybe okay. ask like four or five. It'd be good. Um, did karate get everything to do with you learn karate or taekwondo? Not really. Okay. <laughs> um, it hit about the same time that I was in taekwondo, but I never had to wash cars. Okay. <laughs> or paint fences. <laughs> Nice. All right, go for it, Chris. All right, uh, what is your nerd fandom? Uh, I mean, we just go back to the original at Star Wars. That was the thing that cool. really hit me. Right. I mean, that came out when I was five, and I got a C-3PO as a, as like, my first toy that I can remember um, getting was that C-3PO action figure. Awesome. Nice. What superpower would you choose to have? Oh. <laughs> Never, never good at this one. Um, I guess just being rich doesn't count, even though that's you know coming out like a Danny right? Rand yeah. slash you know Tony Stark. God, I can't believe I put Danny Rand first. That's also a mistake. Oh, um, we'll fix it in post. That's a whole other podcast. Yeah. Ooh, God. Um, yeah, it's probably more the invulnerability thing because I'm in my 40s now, so I could use some of that. Okay, <laughs> that'd be awesome. Um, favorite superhero? I guess go with that. Um, I've gone back and forth on this over the years. I, Batman's too easy of an answer. Um, cause everybody kind of cites him as like a self-made man sort of thing. Um, but tragic backstory I could kind of do without. Yeah. Um, but I mean, Batman really does is the one that like I constantly go back to when I think about that one. Okay. Got it. Okay. Uh, Jedi or Sith? Oh, Jedi. Marvel? I did not. I did not uh, embrace my anger. Marvel or DC? Oh, mm. lately Marvel. I mean, just Guardians of the Galaxy alone is going to make me pick Marvel. Nice. Um, favorite Batman villain? Um, yeah, it's never the Joker. I mean, the Joker's a a, a good one, but he gets way too much airtime. Um. And I wish they could pick a backstory. Actually, Red Hood is really what I would go for these days. Okay. Um, nice. Now I'm not going to spoil it if you haven't seen it, but actually, the Under Red Hood animated yeah, um, have seen that. DC direct to direct to home theater um, <laughs> is is really well done. It is really good. Yeah, I like that. Uh, sticking with Star Wars, favorite Star Wars movie? 
Oh, no, it's it's always going to be Empire. All right, nice, nice. <laughs> Do you have a favorite Disney villain? Disney villain? Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's a number of them. That's actually one, uh, seriously, like the whole Disney genre I'm actually getting into a little bit more. Because I just have some friends who are, are Disney fanatics, like pin collectors. Sweet. Um, <laughs> Jamie is too, so she's like... <laughs> cool. Um, I'm... Oof. I mean, actually now, I can say Darth Vader, because that's a thing. Man. That is true. <laughs> yeah. You're right. That totally counts. <laughs> he can say Darth Vader. It's a cheap answer, but it's late, and I know you're worried. And I know your plans don't include me. Still, here he is. <laughs> we have no plans. <laughs> Favorite food spot in Atlanta? In Atlanta, mm-hmm. ooh, um, Chef Lou's. Okay, Chef Lou's. It's a little uh, Chinese place ooh. over on well, Chinese place on Buford Highway. That narrows it down. Well, actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna go two for that one. Okay. Um, Chef Lou's is uh, more like Cantonese uh, Chinese cuisine. Very, you can get some stuff there that's like really mainland Chinese. That's awesome. Um, but there is a place in Norcross called Bento. Okay. Um, which straight up is only one of two Taiwanese restaurants in Atlanta. And as far as I know, nobody ever opens a Taiwanese restaurant anywhere You're right. uh, except Taiwan. Yeah. Where they just call them restaurants. <laughs> right. Uh, but uh, I've, I've, Taiwan's one of my favorite places in the world I get to go to. And it's it's like a hybrid cuisine between like Chinese and Portuguese. It's some really cool stuff. Oh, cool. Wow. Okay. Okay. Uh, your favorite uh... – Video that you've done for Dragon Con TV. Oh Lord, that is. Uh, um, I'm I'm super proud of Comic Book Shop. Uh, I think that, hands down, is probably one of the better things we've done. From like just having fun doing it, the number of fans we got involved. Because if you look at the shoot and the behind the scenes, there's probably like over the shot of it, like maybe 50 people in that video. Um, I managed to actually sneak a message in the middle of it, which was cool <laughs> that people cool. got. Nice. Um, but yeah, I just had the best time making that. Um, and that's, you know, like I didn't do most of the editing on it. I did a lot of the shooting on it, but you know, the awesome. staging and getting everybody together. But I think just from a, a start to finish experience, that's my favorite. Will we be seeing that this year again? Oh yeah. That's, that's not going out of rotation anytime soon. Cool. Nice. All right. I'm going to try this again. Favorite animated Disney movie. <laughs> I see what you did there. Um, Boba Fett and the Star Wars Christmas Special. No, um, oh, that's, that's actually really awesome. No, it's canon. Disney, 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 it is canon, but Disney has no rights to it. Uh. Um, yeah, because they, they let it uh, lapse. Um, man, actually, I, you know... What I actually want to go with is, um, and I can't remember the name right now because I don't remember if they actually gave the villain a name. Uh, but the villain from Big Hero Six. Oh, okay. Yeah. The Doctor. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't remember if he ever had like a, a super villain name. I don't think he did. Um, but I actually thought that they, you know, from like a, a recent memory kind of thing, because a lot of the Disney villains, um, you know, until you get into like having another movie to give you your backstory, like Maleficent did, they're very cut and dry mm-hmm. um whereas in big hero six this guy's got a pretty serious motivation for what he's doing he yeah. thinks animated alan tudyk killed his kid right so spoiler alert um because <laughs> you should have already seen this by now what are you doing big hero six is amazing <laughs> yeah really um yeah but I'm, I'm gonna go with that sweet okay cool all right we, got, we can go on our or line, darth vader 
Or no, <laughs> Darth Vader is in Rebels, which is animated. And okay, sorry. I'm, I was wondering if you were going to try to make that argument. <laughs> I had I had to try. <laughs> all right, we can all ask two more questions, then the unicorn question. Ready? Okay. All right. Uh, favorite curse word. <sighs> oh boy. <laughs> um, we're just going to go classic and go with fuck. It's an all-purpose word. <laughs> yes. It's it's punctuation. It's a verb. It's a noun. Um, yeah, it is, it is the dude of profanity. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> dude, dude, dude. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. All right. Uh, favorite hotel at Dragon Con? Uh, oh, there are going to be four hotels. They're going to hate me after this one. Oh, no. Uh, Mike, I'm currently a huge fan of the Hilton. Nice. Okay. Um, Any particular reason why? It is the way that it is designed. It is very quiet in the evening. It does not have a central tower. Uh, so unlike the Marriott and the Hyatt, sound does not travel up the the full hotel. So if you stay on an upper floor, you're not hearing what's happening on a lower floor. Oh, wow. Um, nice. Like I'm, I'm looking at it from a convenience standpoint. <laughs> right. uh, I can go there in the evening, get a good night's sleep, don't have to fight for the elevators. Um, the, the Marriott is gorgeous from an architectural standpoint it's where everybody kind of hangs out but when i'm ready to use my hotel room yeah um i'm gonna go to sleep right i'm gonna hang out with my friends <laughs> exactly. you know in our yeah. space yeah no doubt okay what's your the weston's just weird I like I, I like the weston like the look of it mm -hmm. but you're like well i'm gonna go put this in the corner and you're like this is a round hotel <laughs> i don't know where the corner is <laughs> so true <laughs> yeah, that's actually a really good point. <laughs> what was your uh, dream vacation destination be? Ooh. Jeez, um, that is a tough one. Um, I actually really... I would love to do just like a big tour of Scotland. It's where my family is from. Oh, like, wow. When I say family, I'm in like 1620s. Um, and That's I've awesome. seen it some, but I haven't had a, enough time to kind of spend there. Cool. Awesome. Okay. Um, favorite gadget? Oh, a guy who works at a tech company. Favorite gadget. <laughs> um, wow. Like real or imagined? What are one of my parameters here? Um, I guess both. Go for it. Um, Yeah, I'm looking around the office. I'm like, oh, <laughs> are you? Where's um, the gadget? Where's the, the gadget? Yes. The well, so you know, oddly enough, I was an early technology adopter on the smartphone. Uh, do do any of you remember the T-Mobile Sidekick? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I had the Sidekick too, and that at the time was just like the coolest thing in the world because yeah. there wasn't an iPhone yet. Right. right. Um, but there's an ergonomically, that is probably one of the best phones ever made. Okay. As far as like a user experience. Mm -hmm. Um, it's like, you know, the size of it, the keyboard, how everything kind of mechanically worked. The fact you could flip the screen around thousands of times and it never just fell off. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the dead battery noise in that phone sounded like a dying robot in a, in a Disney movie. It's like, rup, 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 to the point where awesome. people who didn't know I had a phone or didn't know, you know, what was, when they heard the noise, they were like, is your phone dying? <laughs> Like, without even seeing if I had one on my body, they're like, well, you must have a, a dying phone. That's the only thing that could possibly make that noise. You're right. Okay. Nice. Yeah, that was a really nice. cool phone, though. Yeah. Awesome phone. 
nice. All right. If you could live in any universe, not Star Wars, <laughs> which universe would you live in? Star Wars universe is actually really dangerous. It really I mean, is. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. And like, <laughs> you, you're either like a stormtrooper or you're living in like the wasteland. There's no middle ground with those oh, guys. No. Um, wow. Um, I'm not going to say the Marvel universe because that's also kind of crappy. They just, you know, don't live in New York in the Marvel universe. That's (laughs) not going to end well. Um, Wow. That's a huge open-ended thing. Um, (laughs) uh, And it's like, well, all the dystopias are gone because I like water and and fuel. Um, Yeah, this is a really hard one. Yeah, really. Sorry. No, it's okay. I just don't like, you know, people coming in to fight Green Lantern and Superman every other week, so Metropolis (laughs) is out. Um, Would it be like a Star Trek kind of universe? Well, uh, Star Trek's actually pretty cool. Um, I think so, too. Yeah, you know, Next Generation Universe seems like a cool place to hang out. Um, Then they got the Borg, though. That kind of sucks. Um, (laughs) At least the Klingons look like they're not from here. Just like uh, mash them together and make your own universe. Yeah, mash them together. You can do that. <laughs> Take all the good pieces of each one. Why would ever mash up things in sci-fi? Who would ever do that? That's crazy. <laughs> right, Jamie. Come oh, on, wait, That's oh, totally sorry. right. You're talking sorry. to me. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I actually kind of I dig the universe in Ghost in the Shell actually quite a lot. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. Because it's you know let, you know aside from all of the philosophizing robots that carry guns. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, it actually the 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 way that looks like you know you, maybe I'm in Tokyo maybe I'm in Hong Kong I don't know there's just like a an, an interesting kind of look and feel to that and I guess if you didn't run afoul of the major you could actually kind of have a good time there <laughs> yeah so we'll go with that one did, did you watch the new Ghost in the Shell movie uh, I was going to and then one of my volunteers watched it and then she had things to say about it and now know. I'm not as interested. Um, I watched the tested video with Adam Savage where he went to Weta and they showed him how they built the uh, props. Uh-huh. Right. So I think that's actually better than the movie I heard about. <laughs> okay. Well, we saw it and we kind of enjoyed it. Mm. But, I mean, I'm, uh, I may get it at some point, but it wasn't high in my priority list after. Right. Um, like, it's not even the storyline that, like, okay, you whitewashed a movie, fine. It got made by an American studio. That was bound to happen. Um, but it was, I don't know, I just didn't have... There's so much going on in Ghost in the Shell that if you try to mash up more than one of the storylines, that's not going to go well. Yeah, it gets really messy. I can see Brian being laughing, man, from Ghost in the Shell. (laughs) (laughs) That, mm, yeah. Right? Yeah. It's one way to avoid being on camera. Right, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) All right. right, um, Android or iPhone? Oh, Android. Sweet. Nice. Yeah. I was really thinking he was going to go iPhone when he just talked about the iPhone uh, coming out. In your face, Chris. I mean, the thing I've told people is typically, you know, in the old days, if you if you made things, it was more you were more an Android person. If you consumed things, you're more an iPhone person. That's true. Um, That's probably changed a little bit. But I've just I always like being able to do stuff on my phone that doesn't require me to root it. Right. Mm -hmm. Good point. Yeah, definitely. Our ultimate last question. Jamie always asked this one. So. All right. So this dun, dun, dun. kind of <laughs> <Yeah>. funny. Um, <laughs> but so can unicorns fly? Why or why not? Can unicorns fly? Yeah. 
Well, unicorns don't have wings, oh, okay. so they're not going to do the whole pegasi flappy, flappy, flappy thing. Okay. Um, okay. But they're magical creatures, so <laughs> yeah. yes. I figure. I, I, I'm going to say Don't. no because, you know, if you're going to have a magical creature that flies and it's a horse, it's yeah. going to have the ridiculous wings and you're dealing with like some pegasi pegacorn kind of thing. Um, yeah, that's true. <laughs> and this is coming from an expert who went to a school that had the unicorn know, as their yeah. master. Our unicorn did not have wings and okay. we were not ever given it attribution of flight. So... Now, I don't know if it could pass a pilot's test. I don't know if it could get the minimum hours in. Wait, um, so, so is it a yes or no? I'm so confused yeah. right I, now. I mean, with enough airline miles, maybe, but I'm just uh, on its own without like the assistance of Delta. I'm going to say no. Yes! No! Thank you. Thank he was you. almost on my side, too. Like, yes! So, no. so you have the three tiers. You have Unicorn, which is horn, no wings. You have Pegasus, which is no horn, wings. And you have Pegacorn, which is horn and wings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See? I didn't even have to look at Wikipedia. <laughs> I watched a couple episodes of She-Ra. I'm good. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, well, thank you so much. This, this interview, yes. this flew by, really. I didn't even know that much time passed. So. Yeah, it's it's like Tuesday now. So yeah, I don't know what the hell happened. Thank you so much for your time. Did you want to mention anything else? Like anything else you have um, coming up? Or? Yeah, if you want to... Um, if you want to find uh, DragonCon TV on the internet, uh, we're on YouTube, uh, Twitter, and Facebook as DragonCon TV, all one word, no spaces. Uh, we just started an Instagram account. Somebody already snagged our name a couple years ago, so we're it's DragonCon TV, ITS DragonCon TV, no yep. punctuation. We're going to do we use that for behind the scenes at DragonCon 2017. Uh, if you want to get the streaming service, that's DragonCon.tv, uh, and there will be a fact and some blogging information there. Um, I'm Silicon Chef on Twitter and Facebook uh, and on Flickr where I've got way too many photos. Uh, <laughs> and um, I may not see you at DragonCon, but you'll probably see me. Oh, yeah. Yes. I mean, if, if we if we do see you, we'll say hi, I promise. We'll have our T-shirts okay. on and stuff. We'll be like, hey, or I'll hi. be on a, a television screen and you'll say hi and I won't hear you because that's not how TV works. Right. <laughs> at least not yet. Right? <laughs> we'll get excited and like wave frantically. Why are you yelling at the television? <laughs> I know that. Where did your uh, your username come from? The Silicon Chef one. Username like, on what? Like where did where did your uh, Silicon oh, Chef uh, um, name? Like how did that originate? So yet another thing that I did um, <laughs> is I, I used to for, chef, for a dude. year I used to write for a Linux.com uh, back oh. when it was a volunteer-driven site. Linux.com is now owned by the Linux Foundation, like the people who maintain the kernel. Um, but it used to be a volunteer site all about Linux, surprisingly, uh, and <laughs> They wanted to do a um, an event at a trade show, and one of the things they thought about was doing like an Iron Chef type of thing, okay. uh, where you would you'd have like a, a like a table full of computer parts, and whoever could put a computer together in an hour and boot it up uh, with whatever version of Linux we gave them would get a prize. Oh, wow. And they were going to call it Silicon Chef, and they couldn't get everything worked out because they needed sponsors for hardware and and all this stuff. Yeah. And my friend, uh, Jessica, who's was the volunteer coordinator for the site at the time and is now one of the volunteers on videography, um, actually bought me the domain name. Um, 
she was like, it was such a cool idea. I couldn't let it go. So I bought the domain name. Then I realized I didn't need it. So I, she gave it to me and I've had it since like 2001, 2002. <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, cool. <laughs> such an awesome name. I like that. All right. Well, that's my very last question. I think we're done now. Thank okay. you. For, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Well, good luck editing whatever this turns out to be. It'll be great. You had a lot of <laughs> awesome things to say, man. Like seriously, we'd love to have you back anytime you want to be back. If you want to, oh, like, I'd love to. Thanks, ramble guys. about anything. Yeah. Come back anytime. Yeah, but um, have you. a great con if we don't see you and be yeah, safe thanks. out there. Enjoy yeah. your con. All you listening, enjoy Dragon Con. Just remember, have fun, relax. It's just a convention. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But yeah. Well, thank you guys for tuning in, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Well, thanks, Brian. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>